a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The headline question Is Congress broken? Is gridlock the problem? It seems a majority of Americans agree with that. One in five Americans disapprove of the job lawmakers are doing. Uh, But is Congress really broken or do we need to think again about the way it functions? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. We are very pleased to have joining us once again on the program, Kevin Kosar, Senior Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. He is the co-editor of Congress Overwhelmed, Congressional Capacity, and prospects for reform. Uh, really important work there. And uh, Kevin, you had a great piece in thehill.com today uh, talking about getting past this myth. This is sort of our think again moment. Uh, it's easy to bash on Congress and how unproductive, gridlocked, ineffective they are. Uh, but we kind of have to think again about that in terms of what's being done. Uh, why should we think that Congress is, is actually functional? It's understandable to think that they're not functional. Pick up a newspaper, look online, turn on your television, and most of what you see is chaos. Partisan fighting, name-calling, things not getting done. But, as we all knew, news is selective. And news tends to focus on the stuff that's conflictual and that riles people up. That's part of the business model for many, many outfits. And the truth of the matter is, if you look at Congress you will see that every year they are moving lots of legislation, lots of nominations, and doing lots of oversight. But a lot of that stuff the media just doesn't think is important or interesting to people like you. And so it doesn't get reported. Yeah, and that's why we have to look, uh, I think, at the the broader brush of that. I mean, we can be critical of of some things that are bogged down for political reason or gamesmanship. Uh, But as you mentioned, there are some things that we should look at, even in the 117th Congress. Uh, There were some important things that did get done, uh, much of it by uh, with bipartisan support, uh, starting with, you know, help for Ukraine. You talked about baby formula, uh, getting that to market uh, and some other things. What are some of the things that stand out to you in terms of from the 117th Congress? Here's something that we should all say, you know what, that was a good thing. Wow. Where to start? You know, Congress passed a law that would increase government benefits provided to disabled veterans uh, and the families of deceased service members and also moved legislation to expand access to mental health services for veterans, particularly in rural areas. Uh, Certainly, viewers and listeners no doubt remember the big infrastructure bill 
there was legislation to uh, improve our ability to uh, avoid and deter and repel cybersecurity threats. Um, there were even four treaties with foreign nations mm-hmm. that were submitted to the Senate, reviewed, and approved. So lots of stuff going on. That's why I always tell folks, I mean, if you really want to know what's going on in Congress, surf out to congress.gov, which yeah. is a site maintained by the Library of Congress, nonpartisan, just the facts, ma'am. And you can see how many laws are being passed and what's being done. Yeah. One of the things that you pointed out in your piece that I really loved, obviously, as a former staffer and chief of staff in, in D.C., was you did point out something that never gets reported in the news, and that is the constituent services that are provided uh, by congressional staff and, and Senate offices and House offices. Give us some sense of that for our, our listeners in terms of what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, just thousands and thousands of constituent service requests being completed by members of Congress. You know, with government growing so big and so complicated, frequently Americans find themselves caught in red tape snafus. They're dealing with the executive branch, and they can't get a straight answer. They can't figure something out. So call upon your member of Congress. And these are the folks who are willing to put their staff uh, up to go to bat for you, to fight with the bureaucracy and to make things work. Uh, You know, one of the things that happened earlier this year is with the, uh, you know, the passage of the uh, of the infrastructure legislation. There were a whole lot of questions about, okay, what sort of projects will qualify? Who qualifies? How does this whole thing work if you want to apply to get a bridge fixed or get a water treatment plant improved or expand, you know, a health care clinic to provide more access? Well, members of Congress and their staff had to do a lot of explaining, a lot of translating and a lot of teaching so that members of the public could get their voices in the conversation. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. So important. And then everything from visa issues to veterans benefits to social security there uh, the the real heroes i think every day are those constituent service folks that are you know staffers working in those congressional offices that really make a hands-on on the ground uh, difference for so many americans and they are often uh, unheralded in, in in that great work uh, I want to shift to some of the things that you've been focusing on in terms of, yeah, Congress is, is doing some important things, some good things, and uh, it really does need to to shift. And I love how you always frame this, Kevin, in terms of making sure Congress has the capacity to meet the demands of the 21st century from your work. And I know you were part of the House Select Committee on Modernization of Congress. Uh, tell me some of the things that you're looking at in terms of making sure Congress has the capacity to meet those demands. First thing is making sure that Congress is sufficiently staffed. Uh, Listeners may be shocked to learn that 40 years ago, the House of Representatives, the committees in there, had more staffers than they do today. But we know government is so much bigger today. There's so much more to oversee and to keep track of. There's so many more opportunities for fraud to be ferreted Mm. out. 
uh, and inefficiencies. We don't have enough eyes on the executive branch right now. Yeah. Um, because Congress just hasn't grown its capacity. Now, as a conservative, I would love to see Congress just cut the size of government and bring that ratio back into uh, <laughs> a better proportion. <laughs> but that's real hard. So in the meantime, can we at least staff up so we can fix the problems that need fixed? Budget process. Mm. Congress created a new budget process 50 years ago. Times have changed. The incentives around politicians have changed, and they're just not following it anymore. The law says one thing. The behavior is doing something else. Time to update the budget process to try to get our nation's finances fixed and to you know just get a new plan for making the hard choices that we have to make amongst competing goods. Yeah, oh, I could go on. There's so much to do. <laughs> there is so much to do there. And one of the things that you pointed out uh, in your piece on the Hill that I also loved was that we, we do have to figure out how to engage with the administrative state and those. Uh, we used to have this in our uh, office in D.C., the 180,000 pages uh, of regulations and uh, all of those things coming from all sides. Uh, how do we tackle that big beast? Yeah, regulations. Regulations are many laws. Break them and you could, you know, be fine, put in jail, any number of things can happen to you. Congress, for the most part, has no idea what's going on with regulations. Again, it doesn't have the capacity to follow it, and it doesn't have the brain power. Uh, it's not because members of Congress are a bunch of idiots. It's because these regulations often deal with really complicated things, you know, like rules involving you know, where drones can be flied uh, or peculiar Wall Street financial creations, all these derivatives and this, that, and the other. You know, your average member can't possibly understand that. Wouldn't it be nice if there were more people who worked for Congress who could help them figure it out? Uh, and wouldn't it be nice if Congress had more tools to just stop proposed regulation in its tracks if it was a bad idea? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So important. And, and part of that uh, is one of your your last statements, and that is that we, we need uh, people in Congress who are really committed to be legislators uh, rather than being social media stars and uh, political fundraisers and, and getting that commitment, I think, uh, would go a long way as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to reorient the thinking uh, of our members of Congress. We need to elect people who are willing to do the work of legislator. Yeah. So very important. Kevin Kosar, Senior Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. He's also the co-editor of Congress Overwhelmed, Congressional Capacity and Prospects for Reform. It's That is such an important discussion point. We're going to come back to that uh, as we move into the new year. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Great perspective. And yes, Congress is getting some things done. We should applaud that uh, and continue to hold them accountable for the things they're not doing. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. So, yes, Congress can be dysfunctional. There can be a lot of gridlock. And there are also a lot of very important things being done. Often they just don't get reported. And especially those things that get done by congressional staff. Uh, The work that they do behind the scenes, the work that they do for constituents uh, is absolutely extraordinary. We should also remember, too, that for all of the gridlock and uh, uh, lack of bipartisanship, we should remember that most of the bills that that pass in the Senate are done by unanimous consent. Uh, There's a lot of it, actually. Uh, We just don't see it or hear about it. And so it's an interesting balance point. It's an interesting think again moment in terms of, yes, we should hold them accountable for doing more of the right things. Uh, And we can also celebrate uh, the things that they are getting right while holding them accountable for the things that they need to do better.
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.